dwell further on the venerable question, what do we know about the holiness of God from the Bible? The subject of the holiness of God is filled with great awe and veneration. Revelation 4.8 provides a preview of the profound atmosphere of heaven and the impression that all of God's acts of holiness make upon his moral creatures. The great moral attribute of love as manifested in all of God's dealings with rebellious man is set forth as so astonishing to God's contemplative creatures that they delight in unending adoration and praise and say, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. It is the voluntariness of this attitude of love that is the key to its virtuous estimation. From this flows all the measures and dealings of God with sinful men. As to his mode of life, God declared, I am holy. We may insert its equivalent meaning, I am worthy of veneration or reverend. God is thus because he has chosen love or benevolence toward all as his ultimate purpose of life. We proceed to examine further scriptures relating to God's holiness, which imply that it is an active quality or a disposition of moral character. We turn to Joshua 24 and verse 19, where Joshua is replying to Israel after they had sinned. And Joshua said unto the people, Ye cannot serve the Lord, for he is an holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions nor your sins. If ye forsake the Lord and serve strange gods, then he will turn and do you hurt and consume you. After that he hath done you good. And the people said unto Joshua, Nay, but we will serve the Lord. And so in great humility they obtained the mercy of God. In the 71st Psalm and verse 22, we read a common expression that occurs several places. I will also praise thee with the psaltery, even thy truth, O my God. Unto thee will I sing with the harp, O thou Holy One of Israel. The expression, O thou Holy One of Israel, appears a number of times in the Old Testament. In the 99th Psalm and verse 9, we read, Exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy hill, for the Lord our God is holy. And in the 111th Psalm and verse 9, we read about the holiness and the reverendness of the name of God. And it appears that the term reverend ought to be applied only to God. He sent redemption unto his people. He hath commanded his covenant forever. Holy and reverend is his name. Isaiah, in his tremendous vision that God gave to him, could only exclaim at the awe and majesty of God, as we read about in the sixth chapter and verse three. And one cried to another and said, Holy, 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 is the Lord of hosts. 
the whole earth is filled with his glory. And again in the 57th chapter of Isaiah and verse 15 we read, For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. So man's reaction to the holiness of God must be utter repentance and confession so that God may extend his mercy and forgiveness and restoration to sinful man. In the 63rd chapter of Isaiah, verses 10 and 11, we read the word holy as applied to the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. But they rebelled and vexed his Holy Spirit. Therefore he was turned to be their enemy, and he fought against them. Then he remembered the days of old, Moses and his people, saying, Where is he that brought them up out of the sea with the shepherd of his flock? Where is he that put his Holy Spirit within him, that led them by the right hand of Moses with his glorious arm, dividing the water before them to make himself an everlasting name? So the term holy is applied to the Holy Spirit. Ezekiel chapter 39 and verse 7 records an expression concerning the holiness of God. So will I make my holy name known in the midst of my people Israel, and I will not let them pollute my holy name any more. And the heathen shall know that I am the Lord, the Holy One in Israel. The Holy One in Israel the term applied to God. Hosea, in his 11th chapter, and verse 9, speaks thus, I will not execute the fierceness of mine anger. I will not return to destroy Ephraim, for I am God and not man, the Holy One in the midst of thee, and I will not enter into the city. And then we come to the New Testament. And we find very commonly the word holy applied to the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit. For example, in John chapter 14 and verse 26, as our Lord Jesus is promising the coming gift of the Holy Spirit. But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. And then in Acts chapter 2 and verse 4, we read the glorious occasion where they were filled with the Holy Spirit, every one of them. In John chapter 17 and verse 11, we read about the holiness of the Father. Our Lord Jesus is praying his great high priestly prayer. And now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee. Holy Father, Keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are one. In 1 Peter chapter 1 and verses 15 and 16, we have a tremendous assertion and a tremendous challenge. 
But as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation or behavior, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. So the holiness of God is set forth as a challenge for our repentance and our adjustment to his wonderful ways of life. In Revelation chapter 3 and verse 7, we read an expression of the holiness of God in this great book of future events. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. So whatever God does is final, but God is said to be holy, and God is said to be true. What a profound designation this is. And then in the fourth chapter of Revelation, verse 8, which we have read, where the four living creatures, they rest not day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and which is and is to come. So the profound holiness of God is set forth. And then in chapter 6, verse 10, And they cried with a loud voice, saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, dost thou not judge and avenge our blood on them that dwell on the earth? These are the martyrs who speak thus. But we consider in the third place that the term holiness is ascribed to God in such a way as to indicate its descriptive force of moral character. For example, in Exodus chapter 15 and verse 11, this adorable expression is brought forth. Who is like unto thee, O Lord, among the gods? Who is like unto thee, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? Here we have the term glorious in holiness. In Exodus 28 and verse 36, we read about the headdress of the high priest in the Old Testament worship economy, where a small gold plate was always to be worn to testify to the great majesty and holiness of God. There we read, And thou shalt make a plate of pure gold, and grave upon it, like the engravings of a signet, holiness to the Lord. Holiness to the Lord. This occurs several other places in the Old Testament. But the Lord is to be worshipped in the beauty of holiness. As we read about in First Chronicles chapter 16 and verse 27 through 31, in particular verse 29. Glory and honor are in his presence. Strength and gladness are in his place. Give unto the Lord, ye kindreds of the people. Give unto the Lord glory and strength. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Fear before him all the earth. The world also shall be stable, that it shall not be moved. Let the heavens be glad, and let the earth rejoice. And let men say among the nations, The Lord reigneth. So here we have the wonderful invitation, Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. 
The psalmist in the 48th Psalm, verse 8, said that God sitteth upon the throne of his holiness. And again in the 60th Psalm, verse 6, God has spoken in his holiness. And in the 93rd Psalm, verses 4 and 5, we read, The Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters, yea, than the mighty waves of the sea. Thy testimonies are very sure. Holiness becometh thine house, O Lord, forever. And then in the 97th Psalm, verse 12, Rejoice in the Lord, ye righteous, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. And so while the holiness of God is a terror to those who are not right with God, it becomes the very center of adoration to those who want to love him and serve him forevermore. And then in the 63rd chapter of Isaiah, verse 15, we read, Look down from heaven and behold, from the habitation of thy holiness and of thy glory. And so the Bible declares the austere greatness of God and invites sinners to repent of their sins, come to the cross of Christ by faith, obtain forgiveness, be delivered from the fear of their hearts, and be in a condition that they can worship and enjoy the holiness of God and venerate his great name. May we pray. Our Heavenly Father, add thy seal of approval to these great scriptures that have described the essence of thy great being. May many respond to the tenderness of thy invitation today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.